Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Who wouldn't love you? Who wouldn't care? You're so enchanting, people must stare. You're the dream that dreamers want to dream about. You're the breath of spring that lovers get about, are mad about. Who wouldn't love you? Who wouldn't buy? Isn't it true? Who wouldn't love the person who treated us with immense respect? It's like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Especially if our life is spent around people who don't treat us respectfully. Ewan works in a public hospital emergency department in psychiatric triage and is probably one of the most respectful people I've met. And so I thought I'd find out his secret to how he maintains respect for people who treat him with contempt and how vital it is in all of our relationships. Ewan, respect is one of the keys to relationships surviving, would you agree? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Respecting the other person, but um, I think also something that we miss is it's also about respecting ourselves. I think that's interesting. and. I guess I first think of what is respect. Um, And I think it's basically being treated with consideration and esteem, irrespective of what power authority you have. It varies so much depending on power authority. I find it interesting that true respect doesn't necessarily take that into consideration. So, for example, you know, we think of respect as you mightn't like the person, but you may respect what they do. So, you know, in the army, for example, you might really hate your superior but you respect them because of what they are Um, or even you know you mightn't um, like the person you mightn't even like what they stand for you but you might respect the position they hold so an example might be a president or a prime minister or or a police officer or something like that would you say that it starts with if we can't respect ourselves we can't respect someone else that's a really interesting one chris yep Look, I can give my answer within the context of an emergency department, for example, which is where we often see different levels of respect. Um, And I guess we have to look at what are the barriers to being able to respect someone if you you don't respect yourself. I guess I'd firstly ask is why don't you respect yourself? Why is that, you know, I guess dislike of yourself or why do you have that view of yourself? Is that an esteem thing? Where has that come from? Um, And I guess that that would tell me a little bit about past relationships that you've had with someone else and how that affects your ability to interact with others now. So I think that that's definitely true, looking at the cause of why someone doesn't respect themselves and therefore in turn doesn't respect others. In some cases, some people mightn't have the capacity to. So we'll often have people that come down to the emergency department inebriated, very, very drunk and intoxicated, and they certainly don't respect us. And it's interesting when you asked me to talk about respect, just this week I had someone in the emergency department, and obviously I'll de-identify this. And when I tell the story, bear in mind, you're probably thinking that there's someone in their 20s or 30s, but they were considerably older than that, and not old enough for this to be a a dementia or anything like that, but old enough to know better. And they were in the emergency department, and they were very, very drunk. We tried to settle them, and they just abused us and yelled at us and swore at us. We asked them to try and settle because there was a young child in the next cubicle that was getting quite distressed, but the abuse continued. Mm -hmm. They then said, I need to go to the toilet, and they just sat there in the cubicle and on the floor in front of us. Then they started picking their nose and trying to throw it at staff and at the, the people that were trying to help. Apologies for those if that was graphic. Then they started crying. We gave them a tissue. I won't tell you where they used the tissue to wipe themselves, but then they started throwing it and trying to assault staff with it. Now, Chris, there's no respect there whatsoever. This is a group of people that are trying their best to help someone and a person that was so inebriated that they couldn't. 
I get to the point of asking, at what point did they get so inebriated? What respect was there for themselves to get that far? What life have they had before coming here that that, that sort of level of drinking and that behaviour comes out yeah. where they don't respect others? And also there was the barrier of, well, they weren't in an area to respect anyone because they had so much alcohol on board. They were just one big impulse. You might look at people that are so depressed or, you know, have illnesses um, that mean that they're, they're so low, low, they can't actually see the perspective of others, so they have such a low opinion of themselves. We call it themes of hopelessness and worthlessness. I'm worth nothing. And it's so bad that they, they don't even have the ability to see anyone's point of view. Depression is so selfish, Chris. <laughs> because, yeah. You know, true depression is just so difficult to see anything other than your own perspective. And I often congratulate people if they manage to get out of that window and say something like, it's so tough on my partner or, you know, do something nice for their partner and that shows real respect. So I guess we have to look at when they don't respect themselves, why? I think your comment, Chris, is true. I think that if you, you know, up to a point truly respect yourself, then you respect others more. However, the one caveat on that is perhaps someone that's a bit of a narcissist or antisocial um, or grandiose where they have too much respect for themselves to the point that they think that no one else is worthwhile. Yeah. And, you know, might be hubris, for example, where they don't respect others because they think that they're so fantastic or that others don't deserve it and they're not equal. So uh, yeah. you can respect yourself perhaps too much, Chris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you get the strength yourself in that example that you gave? How do you get the strength to show respect to someone like that? Well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, my wife's about to give birth to our first, which is marvellous. And one of the things that I think is so important is, is teaching respect to others and knowing others' viewpoint. And I think having an empathy is important. So having a good developed conscious and an empathy for where others stand and how they might feel breeds respect and treating with courteousness and respect. So I think that's important. So my own values are how I was brought up. And look, Chris, I was very lucky. I had supportive family. You know, we were um, well enough off, not obviously extremely well enough, but we were middle class where I was able to go to university and I had good siblings, good, good family and good schools where I learned to interact with others. And, you know, I had good attachments. So I think that I was fortunate to grow up those values and those standards where I can empathise and I can understand others. And in my job, I have a very strong viewpoint that not everyone was blessed with that background. Wow, yeah. Not everyone has the tools and equipment to understand others' viewpoints and respect them. So I guess I have to go beyond that and back to what my beliefs are that this person's in a crisis or this person has a development that means that, you know, I have to rise above it. Doesn't the- that doesn't mean... Chris, that I just excuse whatever behaviours come through because I think a way to learn respect and to learn empathy is to have consequences for actions. And I think that's how we treat children. When they do something that's wrong, we give them a consequence for that, whether it be the naughty corner or withdrawal of television or whatever it is. Doesn't that just highlight what you were saying before, how absolutely important it is to impart the values of respect into our children? I really do. Um... Look, I, I don't want to get into a societal thing here. I just think it's important that, that respect and empathy is taught for others and understanding others' viewpoint, not for the point of being wishy-washy. It's a complex area. I mean, I'm not a dad yet, Chris, so I can't say I'm on the way. Ask me again in five years' time, yeah. I might have a completely different answer for you. But I think it's... it's I mean, one barrier, I think, when it comes to um, respect is understanding and knowing someone I think that when there's a personal connection that we understand someone a lot better, 
that we respect them a little bit more. It's so much easier to get aggravated, for example, at someone at a call centre when we've never met them and we never will meet meet them. Now, there's no particular consequences. We don't know anything about them other than they made me wait 45 minutes on the phone, for example. So I think that not knowing someone or not understanding someone is a real barrier to respect. There was a really interesting study, Chris, once. One was done on aged and one was done on teenagers. I'll just tell the the teenagers, but it was a, a similar response. Now, people were asked to describe typical teenagers. Uh, the responses weren't hostile, but they were very stereotypical. You know, oh, they do their own thing. They don't listen to others. They can be selfish. They can be materialistic. They don't tidy their rooms, all that sort of stuff. There was a comparative question with another group, which asked them to describe their teenage children. And the results were viewed in a much more positive light, Chris. Oh, they're lovely, they do this, they help their grandma, all sorts of things. So not knowing someone is certainly a barrier to respect. Yes. Who wouldn't love you? Who wouldn't care? You're so enchanting, people must stare. Part two of this conversation with you and on respect next week. In the records of history, at the time of Jesus being trialled for crucifixion, the Roman procurator Pilate was grilling Jesus about who he was. It's remarkable the respect that seems to come across between Jesus and Pilate in the questions and responses that we read. It's in the book of John, chapters 18 and 19. And then Pilate turned to the Jews and said to them, I find Jesus not guilty. And then when they finally crucified Jesus, Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus, King of the Jews. The Jewish priests objected and said to Pilate to change it to, He said he is King of the Jews. And Pilate replied, No. What I've written, I have written. Who wouldn't love you? Who wouldn't care? You're so enchanting, people must stare.